This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hey everybody, this is Dennis Madalone, the stunt coordinator from Star Trek The Next Generation, East Space Nine, and Voyager, and you're listening to Trek FM. T.O. Gray Hospital. Welcome, listeners, to another cup of Earl Grey. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and joined with me today are Rhea Papagiorgio and Pierre LaRocco. Rhea! Amy! Pierre! Good morning, afternoon. Rhea! Amy! (laughs) Yes, morning, afternoon. We record it, but we are in different time zones, so it's a happy Saturday to everyone. Or a happy Tuesday by the time everyone listens to it. Exactly. And this will drop after our 4th of July celebration. So hope everyone had a safe and socially distanced holiday for those celebrating Independence Day in America. And that you leave the holiday with as many fingers as you entered it with. Yes. And that your fur babies didn't freak out too much from the loud popping. I know that's a big concern for many people. Yes. Yeah. Those fireworks, man. Some people just all week and sometimes all month. And it's like, oh, it's poor animals. Give them a break. Yeah. So they they canceled all the fireworks um, because of the um, pandemic around me. Um, So none of the um, township fireworks are happening. But I'm sure we will have uh, individuals. Yes. They canceled them in the beautiful Quad Cities, which is where I usually go for the 4th of July. But here in Nebraska, people can just shoot off their own fireworks willy-nilly at will. And it's been going on. It started with um, a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests, but it's been nonstop ever since. And it's Mm. getting old. People, please stop. Yeah, here in Las Vegas, it is a big to-do. Like the 4th of July and New Year's Eve are always like our two big drawing in the crowds. And I have not heard if the hotels are will be doing the fireworks. I just I just don't know. Now, is is it legal in Las Vegas for like um private citizens to just kind of Go in their backyard and shoot out Well, fireworks. there's your legal kind. And then there's the illegal, which you can purchase at any uh, reservation. And when I went to Valley of Fire, if you saw my posts on Facebook, um, they sell all types of fireworks at the reservation. Uh, and we were, we stopped there and 
they were in full force selling and we were walking in and we saw like three groups of like huge uh, grocery carts just filled to the top with all types of fireworks. So it'll be interesting. So you're telling me there is actually something illegal. In <laughs> I know, right? I'm Surprising. <laughs> well, with our, you know, desert and high heats and high fire, they definitely are, you know, you just get your single little poppers type of things, but uh, you know, people find a way around it. It's always unfortunately. Yeah. Safety first, everybody. Yes. Well, hey, let's get to some Babel Conference feedback. We have from episode Earl Grey 328, What If series part one. That was a really fun episode. So Rhea, why don't you start us off? That was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Great job, you guys. Uh, Travis James posted, a shame Yar died because she would have been written for so much because she would have been written for so much better when Roddenberry and his idiot rioters were fired after season two. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, Yar just never had a chance to develop like Troy and many of the other characters in season one. Yeah. Um, idiot writers. I don't know, Travis, that's a bit harsh. Uh, but they definitely did go through some chains and some people would agree that after season two, everything went much better. So thank you for your comment. And, uh, Vera Bible tells us great episode as usual. I'd love to go down. What if rabbit holes? So I'm really excited for this new series. Regarding Tasha, I wonder if perhaps she and Worf, if he stayed on the Enterprise, would have ended up having a relationship similar to what Worf had with Dax on DS9. Even if they didn't end up romantic partners, I could see them becoming very close friends. Great job, guys. Already looking forward to the next episode. Yep, I could see them becoming really good friends. I would hate to see them become romantic partners just because, me personally, I want to see women portrayed on TV in non-sexual relationships. That would be nice, but you know, we're not all, I don't know. There's more to women than just sex toys, but. Yeah, I agree with you, Rhea, and to see a nice, healthy friendship, and you could already tell that they were setting up Worf and Tasha sort of the same, just jump to action and, you know, want to just be fierce, and both of them have that, so I could definitely see them becoming really good friends. That's great uh, comment, Vera. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I would... I really would have liked to explore more about uh, Tasha and, and Data. Um, so, um, so yeah, I would I could see Worf and Tasha becoming really good friends because I think we had some moments, right, where they were like working out together, yeah. things like that. Absolutely. All right. Well, listeners, we are very excited to bring you a mismatch episode, and what that is, we thought it would be fun to choose a TNG episode and then swap out the characters with characters from different series for the roles. So that's what we're going to be doing. We each have chosen three episodes. We haven't discussed them previously, so hopefully yeah, there's not going to be any duplicates, but I'm sure if we do, it will be just as fun. So 
Rhea, how did you go about, you know, making your episode choices? Well, I kind of um, ran through, you know, memorable TNG episodes in my head. And then I thought about the other series and thought about their casts and um, some of my favorite characters from other series. Like, I really wanted to get Uhura, you know, kind of a, a starring role in some TNG episode, but um, we'll find out in the next hour or so if I do or not. Um, yeah, and then I just, and then I kind of got on IMDb and looked at episode lists, and then a few things just jumped out at me. A few things just clicked. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. So this was a pretty fun thing to think about and, you know, craft in my mind. Right. Pierre, how did you go about making your choices? So I didn't switch out entire casts. Um, I, you know, I kind of pick and ch- pick, picked and choose which ones um, were going to be um, singled out. A lot of times it may have been the protagonists. And um and see you know think about what would how it would have looked different with with different um, characters in there. Um, the way I went through it was just you know I go to Memory Alpha, which which I have the app on my phone. Um, that's how often I'm there, and then um, just kind of like looked and saw some some episodes that I thought were interesting that kind of I like I enjoy watching and said, well, who could I see who could I see being there that would make it a little more interesting or even like make it outcome a little different. Awesome. I found myself for at least this first one, I chose episodes from seasons one and two. And I just really, those were speaking to me. And one thing that I found really interesting, I went through and I did all my three episodes and I did the character swaps out and then I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot characters from Discovery and Picard. And I was like, because I was just so focused on, you know, the Enterprise, DS9, Voyager cast and uh, TOS. I don't know if I even have one TOS character, but that's just not my wheelhouse. And But I did think about it. I just couldn't think of a character to be replaced, but... I was really surprised that I totally forgot about Discovery <laughs> and Picard. So I went back through and added a few of those characters because I was like, oh, yeah, that'll fit in good. So, yes. Well, let's get to our first round. And Rhea, we're going to start with you. Okay. So the first episode I chose because I wanted to see Captain Janeway in this role was Starship Mine. I love when Captain Janeway is badass Janeway. Um, so I, I did kind of a swap with most of the Voyager cast with the TNG cast here. So, of course, Janeway is Picard slash Mott. <laughs> um, another one I had to do was Tuvok as Devor because they were both played by Tim Russ. Devor was one of the you know the bad guys on the ship there. So it's not really Tuvok, but it's Tim Russ. Right. Um, Belana is Worf. Again, kind of a, a no-brainer. She gets out of the reception early on because, I mean, if she had to listen to um, Admiral, oh gosh, what was his name? Harrison? Uh, the guy that talks uh, all the time. Captain, Admiral yeah. Smalltalk. She probably would have, you know, ripped his tongue out. <laughs> so we'll just get her out of that reception right away. As Data with the Smalltalk, I put the doctor 
I think he would be good at the small talk. Um, and then on the planet there, or on the space station, you've got Riker, Jordy, Troy, Crusher. So, you know, Paris is Riker. Um, I put Seven as Jordy because then they could use some of Seven's implants rather than Jordy's visor to create that hypersonic pulse. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Paris is Riker because Paris would start the fight. You know, I thought yes. about Chakotay, but he's just so chill. So mm-hmm. Paris is Riker. I had a hard time with Troy because Troy's such an awesome character. And there are no other actors of Hellenic descent to swap her out with. thought about Kess maybe because Kess is, you know, empathic and that kind of thing. Or, right. Yeah. Or maybe Samantha Wildman. Um Naomi Wildman's mother, or we could sub her with Troy, who did appear in three episodes of Voyager. So That's right. Troy for Troy swap there. Take your pick. I like the Kess angle okay. with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, especially if it's kind of early on, because um, if I remember that episode correctly, Riker and Troy were kind of on during that episode. Like, she's leaning on him at one point. So if you do Kess, then Kess in Paris if it was early in Voyager, had sort of have a thing going on. In which case, on. I'll yeah. just have Neelix get killed by the Baryon sweep. So everybody wins. <laughs> oh my gosh. So mm-hmm. I, I have a question, Rhea. So what is Janeway going back to the ship for? Let's see here. Um, her very special coffee beans from some planet from somewhere, somewhere. That she could not be without. Whole beans, too, because she grinds them fresh right before drinking. Yes, and the Baron Sweep might have destroyed Oh the... my gosh, yes. Yeah. That would affect the flavor and that we cannot have that. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's going sense. back for that. Excellent. <laughs> awesome. All right, Pierre, what's your first pick? Okay, so my first pick is Lower Decks. Okay. And the big swap I make here is Cito Jax for Tom Paris. Okay. Because I think Tom is, well, Tom's a survivor, right? Like, he, he, he survives no matter what. I think Tom gets out of his ordeal with the Cardassians. I think he's a good enough pilot, and he gets out of it. And I would have liked to have see. I'd like to. I would like to see on screen that kind of skirmish. Tom kind of being in the in the shuttle, kind of doing things on the fly, yelling about why he can't touch it. You know, like why why are these all touch screens? And I think that would have been a really interesting um, moment and kind of scene and kind of it would have been interesting. That and then plus you 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 add. You take Tom's backstory a little, and you you have that big speech with Picard kind of still fits, you know, of like, I know you're a misfit, but you have a chance to redeem yourself. So I, I'd like to so have So would that. it have been Tom Paris or Nick Lacarno, who was also involved? Well, it would have it would have been Tom Paris, because Nick Lacarno is a member of TNG, and the rules here say that I needed to pick somebody outside of TNG. Yes, but we have that context to understand why that is again. <laughs> <pick>. <laughs> so why would Tom Paris have been selected for this mission? Because Sita Jaxa was was selected because she was Bajoran. Yes, and I thought of that. So my my theory, because 
we've learned that they can they can surgically turn you into anybody, essentially, um, through various forms of techno babble. Um, so my thought was is that they they would have picked the best pilot on the ship. That definitely is Tom Ferris. Yep. Okay. Well, for my first pick, I chose one that for the first one, I wanted to have the entire cast. So like a good ensemble show and one that I think is just so fun and goofy is the naked now. (laughs) And because you, you know, we have our, you know, characters that we know, and this is only the second episode and but looking back on it, it's like it was a really fun experiment to try and figure out who would end up in this, you know, drunken state. So the first one that like was an obvious pick for me was uh, for Riker. I would have Trip from Enterprise. I just think Trip is sort of. <laughs> just so loose and easygoing. And I think that would be a really good fix for Picard. Picard like is struggling to try and keep control. And for me that I would like to see Odo. I think in the end with Odo's different makeup, you know, he's not human that he would fight it, fight it, fight it for as long as he could. And then He'd have to succumb to it. And I think Odo would be a good fit for that. I chose Troy and Tasha. So Troy, I have Jadzia. And Tasha, I would have Tilly. So I like the Jadzia because Troy mix, because when Tasha comes in and, you know, asking Troy for advice on what clothes to wear. I just think Jadzia would be a really good fit and that she would have a lot of options for Tasha. Now, Tilly, like I said at the beginning, I had to go in and put in some discovery. And I think Tilly was perfect for this because she's so innocent. And I think Tasha in this was very innocent and curious. And I I feel that Tilly would definitely fit the bill for that. For Data, I think it was hard because he's the android and he's, you know, we learned that he is fully functional. (laughs) So I was trying to think, okay, so we know everyone else is fully functional. So who would that curiosity go to? And I put the doctor from Voyager with that. Uh, Jordy, I put Saru. Uh, Wesley, I chose Yoshi. And again, I went with that sort of who's the young one, who's the innocent, who's the one that can try and figure out to put all those pieces back together. And I think with Yoshi and her communication skills, I think she would be able to figure out sort of the machine, the the enterprise that way. And for Beverly, I chose Janeway. And with Janeway's scientific mind, because Beverly was the one who was trying to figure out what is going on, right, on the medical side of it. And I think Janeway would be just as curious and just as trying to figure out this problem. So I chose her for that. So that's who I chose. And just to clarify, Trip is going to be in his little blue boxer briefs, correct? Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. That's... 
That's another reason why I chose Trace. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. And Tilly and the doctor getting it on. Right. I thought that would be very interesting. I think it would be a chance encounter and then they don't really have to speak of it again. I think those two characters would just sort of, yeah. And I get the feeling, even though Tilly is very innocent and young, I think the doctor would learn more than she did from that encounter. Yeah. Okay. So, Rhea, let's go to your second Okay. And this one... With all three of mine, I did like a cast for a cast, but uh, but yeah, I, I kind of I like the mix and match cast because I also wanted to work Ash Tyler in there somewhere, but oh, probably course, yes. better that I didn't. So my next pick again was was one where I really wanted to see Captain Cisco in this role, and that was in the Drumhead. Um, I would love to see Cisco oh. as Picard going toe to toe with Nora Satie. Um, I think that would be, I, I, I love Avery Brooks. I love his portrayal of Cisco. I love how he can just fly off the handle. I love how he like grabs the whole scene and makes it his own. So I think that could be a fun, um, I don't know, fun interaction between those two characters. For Data and LaForge, um, I put Jadzia and Miles O'Brien. Take your pick which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> and... Well, Worf is Worf, because Worf is in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and, Got you know, it. we still want Worf dealing with his kind of Romulan speciesism, racism, speciesism. So I think that one fits there. Um, so Simon Tarses was the young non-commissioned or uh, technician. I forget his, his title. He was the kid on trial for lying about, you know, his genealogy. And in this case, I would put Bashir, because he lied about his mm. genetic engineering. Exactly. That he would have something to yes. hide when questioned. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, my... Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I, th I was I kind like of surprised that, that that one fit in there so well. Quark is Guinan, even though Guinan's not in the episode. Quark's contractually obligated to be, so Quark is Guinan. Um, and then Kira and Odo are two of my favorites, and I kind of struggled a little where to put them in. Um, I put Kira as Sabin Genestra, who is Sati's Betazoid assistant. Um, I think Kira can read people, even though she's not empathic, and she'll know when someone's lying. No, she'll know when Bashir is lying. She's on it like that. Odo, as an admiral, maybe Admiral Henry, the one that calls off the trial at the end. You know, I'd like to have more for Odo to do. I don't know. Maybe Odo could be like the gavel <laughs> that they bang or something <laughs> like that. But that's what I had for the drumhead. Nice. No, I love the pick, like I said, for Bashir. That is spot on. And I really wanted to find a place to put in Cork and I couldn't. So I'm glad that you mentioned him. <laughs> you know, Cisco's Cisco has those grandiose speeches too. Uh, so it would have been neat to, to hear his grandiose speech at the end um, and the way he delivered it. I like the idea of Bashir kind of being on trial for being genetically enhanced. It would have been interesting because I think we would have dived more, dove more into why why people from people who are genetically enhanced aren't accepted or trusted or illegal or banned you know um because we would have to set that up a little bit but um but i think that'd be i think that would be wonderful for the universe yeah yay all right pierre give us your title for your second pick all right my second pick 
is the Royale. Oh my gosh. Okay. Awesome. Did I steal no, one of yours? But I love it. I love it. All right. And here's who I change out. I I put Archer in there instead of Riker. I have Tom Paris in there instead of Data. And I have Harry Kim in there instead of Worf. <laughs> nice. The three of them. Nice. I think it would be... Re- so, Arch- I think Archer's one character that, that knew a lot of Earth's space history. Right? So, I think it would have been neat that he would have he would have encountered this ancient astronaut, you know, and um, and his diary. And I think... Like, I think there would have been a moment where, you know, when Archer would just be, he would just be, there would be like a mini scene with just him sitting somewhere reading <laughs> something. I think we would have gotten something like that. Um, and then I think I, I would have enjoyed with seeing Paris and Kim because they did, they did so much on the holodeck with like 20th century kind of earth that um, it would have been neat to see them interacting. You know, like Tom being like, oh, this is so cool. And Harry being like, can't we just go home? <laughs> and um, and it would have really been neat seeing all that interaction. Yes, Paris is the, I guess, 20th century history buff. And Harry's like his little puppy dog <laughs> following him around everywhere. So, yeah. That is such, that's my favorite so far, PR. Because you're right, to see Harry and... Uh, Tom in the holodeck and now they're just going to be enjoying, you know, at the casino and gambling and well, how do we play this game? And oh my gosh, that is perfect. And I love Archer because yeah, he would understand and it's like, oh yeah, this ancient astronaut, you know, very, very, very good pick. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that. You know, I even thought about that episode too, but I thought about it with the deep space nine cast but it, it would just, um, in my mind, it was just like the episode in Deep Space Nine where they all go into the holodeck to save Vic Fontaine. I'm like, ah, that's Bada-bing. too similar. But no, yeah, I like too it. Similar, I like your yeah. uh, your pick there. Now, you could also add Quark to that. You could you could have Quark be the, um, what was he, a concierge? Oh, yes. There, and that you can you can incorporate Quark into that too. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yep. Very good. Okay, for my second pick, I chose, again, another season one episode, and I chose Skin of Evil. Uh, This one, I just sort of focused on the characters who were on the planet. And so for Troy, I'm choosing Dr. Bashir. And I because Troy is coming back from a conference and their shuttlecraft gets pulled down. Um, Again, sort of reminded me of, you know, coming back from a conference is not always the best and safest things (laughs) to do. (laughs) That is correct. So I think Bashir would be coming back from a medical conference. So that totally fits in. And I think he's creative enough and has the medical background psychology to, you know, work with Armis there. So I chose Bashir. For Tasha, uh, she's the one just gung-ho, instinctive. I put Tom Paris for that. Uh, Not, don't send me the hate mail. I don't want Tom Paris to die. But I think that he would be the one to just leap and, you know, defend his crewmates and, you know, try and rescue Bashir um, but I would see Paris die. 
For Beverly, I chose Malcolm Reed. Hmm. Interesting. And I know. Um, she goes down and I, I just see that they are both methodical and Reed is really trying to figure it out. Um, I think Reed has the compassion to try and save Tasha, um, that Reed would, you know, save, try and save Tom Paris, but like nothing could be done. I think the way that it was written, I think he could emote that loss very well. I, I like Reed, so I chose him for that. Now, for Riker, I chose Bellana Torres. And I was hesitant because I was like, okay, she's got the Klingon forehead and all that prosthetic. And would they actually do all of that work and then cover her in the black tar? <laughs> But I think uh, Taurus would be my pick for that. And then for Data, I chose uh, Kira Norris. So, And Kira would keep her cool, just like Data. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like it. Yeah. I'm still picturing uh, Bolana getting sucked into the tar. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, she's feisty. Yeah, she, I... would, she would fight. She would survive that. Yeah, I like it too. I think it would be, it would be interesting. It would be, it would be different to see Bolana. I could see Bolana being sucked in. Um, right. Yeah. The question is, are, is, is her and Tom married at this point? Oh. Or do they really not like each other yet? We could like, have them like married. And that would be, <laughs> you know? that would add another layer of emotion if they yeah, were sure. together. Yeah. And I could see Dr. Bashir, you know, doing his kind of psychological kung fu on Armis. Mm -hmm. I think that that's mm -hmm. a good fit there. Well, let's get to our third pick. So, Rhea, what's yours? Okay. So, this one for me, I here I thought I was being all clever with this. Um, you guys have shown me I'm not that clever. but So, again, I did another <laughs> <laughs> series for series swap. And this one, it's like Sweet Revenge you know, turnabout is fair play. Um, and I just felt like this one had to be done. And that would be putting the crew of the Enterprise into the TNG episode Pegasus, since uh, Riker and Troy stole okay. the Enterprise series finale from them. It's only fair that the Enterprise crew at least gets to steal an episode from TNG. Okay, nice. Yeah. I like it. So we'd have Captain Archer Day instead of Captain Picard Day, which... Honestly, they very well might have Captain Archer Day. He was, you know, kind of a historic captain of the Enterprise. Um, That's true. In the episode Pegasus, as it was written, Admiral Pressman was Riker's captain on board the, the Pegasus, and they did some, you know, shady stuff, and that's the source of Riker's kind of dilemma here. So in my little crew swap, I would have Malcolm as Riker. In this case, it would be some type of Section 31 something something that he was dragged into and sworn to secrecy. Um, so to replace Admiral Pressman, I'd have Harris from from Enterprise, the Section 31 guy that you know drew Malcolm in. At one point, Worf and Riker were sparring on the hollow deck, and Riker ended up with a broken rib. So I could see T'Pol doing that. So T'Pol for Worf, and she can break Malcolm's rib. She might enjoy it. Kind of an obvious one, Phlox is Crusher, because he's the doctor, and I, I love Phlox. 
And as LaForge, I was thinking Trip, you know, because you need an engineer there, and he may or may not wear his blue skivvies. That's that's fine with me. And I would like to work Chef into Pegasus, into that episode somewhere. Um, it almost doesn't even matter where, because you never see his face. <laughs> but uh, even if he's Guinan behind the bar and he never turns around or something, so you got to get Chef in there. Right. I love your connection with the, you know, secretive part of Pegasus and then the section 31. That is a great tie-in and to have Reed do that. That's perfect. Yay. Oh my gosh. Good job. I agree. I, I even wonder if, if section 31 actually had something to do with, with the Pegasus situation, you know, like, um, clandestine kind of new wave, crazy cloning or not cloning, um, shielding yeah cloaking technology yeah well yeah. because you know oh on an earlier episode and i can't remember but it was when uh justin was hosting we talked about is there section 31 in tng and we listed pegasus as a for sure that's got to be a section 31 right because admiral pressman does say he's got you know friends he's got a lot of friends out there and and it's so cool how we can retcon this because when TNG aired, there was no Section 31. It did not exist. It didn't exist in the original series, the animated series, TNG. It was created in DS9 and then carried on in Enterprise. Everyone knows this. And then, of course, um, Discovery and, and their, their very handsome new director, Ash Tyler. But, um, <laughs> but it's so cool how this all gets retconned, how you know we can go back and say, oh, Pegasus, you know, Admiral Preston, that was some section 31 conspiracy and you know i don't know i think that's such a cool thing about how the star trek universe has gotten so big and wide and i also have to point out pierre i love your captain picard day background that you've got going right now that's super cool thank you i i figured once you started talking about it i'd i'd throw that up there Very for you cool. yes and i love thinking about captain archer day like i can totally see that because, yep, he's, well, and even in Discovery, when Saru was like, you know, look at the best captains in history, and Archer was he's there. kind of a big deal. So, kind of a big deal. Yes, yes. I'm sure there's a high school named oh, after I bet. him. I'm sure. I bet. <laughs> or a dog park, at least. <laughs> yeah, dog park. <laughs> oh, great job, Rhea. I love that. Seriously. Oh, Man, now I can't decide if Pierre's or yours is my favorite because they're both so well thought out. Very good. All right, Pierre, what's your third pick? All right, my third pick is Sins of the Father. Ooh, I thought about doing this one, but I didn't, so I'm glad you did. My major swap out is General Matok as Worst Chadich. Ooh, that makes sense. Because Matak is so he's so in tune with what who Klingons really are, and he doesn't he doesn't pretend like the honor means anything, and such. So it would have been neat to see him interacting with the council and then counseling Worf of like, yeah, but they don't mean that. Like, you know, the honor doesn't really. It's not what they mean. There's going to be a cover up here, and you know, uh, so that would have been neat to see. I would have liked to have also seen Flocks as Crusher in that episode, 
because Flox gets so angrily frustrated with senseless violence. So it would have been so when Kern was injured and brought back to the Enterprise, it would have been neat to see Flox's comments about about why it happened or what happened and the use uselessness of it. Oh, um, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I would have liked to have seen that. Also, I would have liked to have somehow then brought in um, Hoshi into it because Hoshi is so into cultural culturalness and language and things. So it would have been neat to see her probably for the, for Troy's character kind of counseling of what, what this means, you know, what, what, what's going next, things like that. Interesting. But you would still have Worf be Worf. Yes, Worf would still be Worf. And Martok, is it one-eyed or two-eyed Martok? I don't ever remember a two-eyed Martok. I guess chronologically it would probably be two-eyed Martok because it was before he was captured by the Dominion. But yeah, we didn't see a lot of two-eyed Martok. I'm trying to think if we were to swap out Worf... Who would it be? Whose father or mother would have been a traitor or accused of being a traitor? Spock. Ooh. Oh. Because Spock's father was at the first Kittimore, right? Wasn't Spock's dad there as an ambassador from Vulcan? Oh, that's a good question. Could ask Memory Alpha that. Hmm. Yeah, who was? Okay, so the first Kittimore Accords took place. That was um, Star Trek VI. That's the one during the yeah. movies, right? Where Worf's grandfather was a lawyer there, and that was a result of the explosion of Praxis. That's kind of what initiated um, the peace conferences between the Klingon Empire and the Federation. Oh, you know what? Curzon Dax represented the Federation there. That's right. And the Romulan, yeah. That's right. Curzon did, yeah. Oh, so is it is it then Jadzia? As Worf, because it's yeah. it's a it's a retroactive trial again where yes. they're where they're trying the um the symbiont. Ooh, yes, I yes. like that. It works. Yes, it does. Nice. Well, I don't know if if Sarek was there or not. Maybe someone, one of our intrepid listeners, can fill us in. Yes, <laughs> you just study my. Uh, Kittimer history better. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. For my third pick, um, when you said drumhead, I was like, oh, oh, sort of a little close. I also chose a courtroom drama, and that would be The Measure of a Man. And so for Philippa Louvois, Louvois, Louvois. Uh, I like, you know, cause she's just sort of by the book, but she's fierce and she's going to handle it. You know, she doesn't have a crew or a staff, but she's just going to listen to the cases. And I think she was pretty fair and I'm putting Michael Burnham for that character. Yeah, this was when I had to go through and I was like, oh, we need a Burnham somewhere. For sure. So I think she would do very good listening to both sides and hearing it out. Now, for my Bruce Maddox. Bruce, we get is, he's sort of the enemy here, right? Because he wants to disassemble Data. 
But in the end, he ends up being okay because we know in Data's day and the him and Data, you know, are exchanging letters and Data's continuing to help him. So I needed a character that was sometimes good, sometimes bad. So in the beginning, I'm of Deep Space Nine, we get Kai Wynn, and sometimes she's good and sometimes she's bad. I know she ends up really bad, <laughs> but if we, at the beginning, when we first meet Kai Wynn, I'm going to have her as Bruce Ooh. Maddox. What do you think about Ooh, that? Interesting. And she's so... Because she's like conniving. Yes. Passive aggressive. And she wants her objective to be met. And she's going to, you know, try and get data not, you know, to come with her. And I don't know. I, but not the end season seven, right. Kaiwin, just that when we first, she'd be her. fun okay. in a courtroom setting. She exactly. would make a good lawyer. Yeah. So that was my fun one there. And so who is going to play data? So this one was hard because I was trying to think, okay, well, who do we think is not sentient? And I just, I was going to go with the doctor, but then again, I was like, oh, I already chose the doctor. I was going to go with Vic Fontaine, actually, because he knows who he is, right? He's aware, which met one of the requirements. So maybe I'm actually talking myself into that. I have Tuvok, but it just doesn't even make sense. So let me stick with Vic Fontaine on that. Yes. And as you mentioned, Rhea, Cisco is so powerful. He walks in a room and he owns the room yes. like, and he can, he's passionate. And so I have Cisco for the Picard character. And I wanted who would go up against Cisco and so I put for Riker, I chose Captain Archer. Ooh. Right? Ooh. To have those two going against each other, but yet still they're friends, but they're taking their job seriously. I just thought Archer would be really good. Yeah, the battle of the captains there. Right? Yeah. They're on the same side, yet have to fight each other. Oh, now I'm picturing a cage match. But no, that's <laughs> no, that's cool. And then for Guinan giving us the aha moment of all of this, I don't know why, but I chose Garrick. Ooh. Just a secondary character, yes. right? And we like Garrick because he has this ability to see the strategies. And so I think he would pick up on that. And he's such a good and this isn't the right word, but manipulator. Well, for Garrick it is, but in the same way Guinan yeah. is. Guinan knew what Picard should do, and she knew the right things to say to him at the right time to get him to see what he should do. And Garrick is also very good at that. You know, it got me thinking, what if, you know, you replaced Picard with Cisco for an entire season? What if TNG had Cisco uh, in place of Picard and you know, in some ways, they're so different. You know, Picard, the the calm, cool, collected negotiator, and Cisco, the the fiery, passionate, you know, Romulan ambassador, murdering, kind of a loose cannon almost. But then, in some ways, they're so much alike. Mm -hmm. um, 
like in the courtroom episodes, I think they'd be both equally effective. I don't know. That'd be kind of an interesting what if mismatch. Okay. You totally took my brain down. So at the end of part one, best of both worlds, Picard stays Locutus for the entire season four. We have Cisco to replace him. Then that launches Deep Space Nine because now we already have had a season with Cisco. And then he gets transferred to Deep Space Nine. And then somewhere at the end, we get Locutus and we get to save Picard and Picard comes back for season five. So best of, best of both <coughs> worlds, you've got the battle at Wolf 359. Um, so yes. Cisco still loses Jennifer. Um, but I guess enough captains are killed that Cisco gets promoted, becomes captain of the Enterprise, but he's still got that bitterness and hatred. So when they rescue Locutus, Cisco does something stupid or whatever that gets himself basically demoted to Deep Space Nine. Nice. You don't just go from the Enterprise to some Kardashian hunk of junk. And, and does that mean, though, that, that during season four, we would get um, Jake Cisco uh, telling uh, Wesley Crusher to shut up? I'm okay with that. <laughs> that would be so cool to have Jake and Wesley. I like that. I wonder if they'd be friends. I don't think they would. Because Wesley was so, I love Starfleet, I want, and I'm going to save the day. And Jake was like opposite. He that. was a kid at that point. He was still so young. Yeah. I wonder if he would look up to Wesley. Yeah. And- well... Right, because in the beginning, like it was planned that Jake was going to go into Starfleet. He didn't decide that until later. So they probably would be, you know, studying together. Well, Jake would have been about nine years old, I think, when Wolf 359 happened. I think he was pretty young. Yeah, but everyone else on the Enterprise other than Wesley, all the other kids were about nine years old. Like. He was the only teenager on the ship. Maybe Jake would befriend the kid from the bonding or uh, Jeremy Astor. (laughs) Jeremy Astor. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) So much crossover potential here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've rewritten season four. (laughs) And you know, with all this deep fake technology that's out these days, it's just a matter of time before some intrepid fans go in and create these episodes. (laughs) I'd watch. All right, Rhea, give us your final thoughts for what we talked about today. Well, like I said before, this was a lot of fun. And um, I had, like, I I could probably come up with 10 more. And then listening to the way that you guys did it with kind of individual characters here and there, um, where I went with entire series swaps, because I really wanted to work Uhura in because I love her. Um, I did have a thought with Sub Rosa because that's the worst episode of Star Trek ever created in any iteration, in my not humble opinion. (laughs) Um, But that would have been a fun one for the TOS crew. I I thought it would have been just hilarious to see Dr. McCoy being seduced by his grandmother's lover. Um, Oh my gosh. And hilarity would ensue there. But no, this was, this was fun. Um, It was cool to, to hear all y'all's ideas and and the way that you did things. And uh, I'm sure fans will have a whole lot of other ideas as well. Um, And I like the, the pick and choose. And I think if we were to happen to do something like a mismatch episode again, um, I'd mix and match my different series characters. And yeah, this, 
<laughs> it's crazy how the series can be so different and so similar and how some characters um, make good fit for other characters, but with some nuance that would change the whole flavor of the episode. So yeah, great idea, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Pierre? I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed kind of the bringing, bringing people across time and space and, and what, what, how would things have been a little different if, if a certain character was there or how would it be similar and putting characters in those situations? It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I, th I enjoyed everyone's picks. I thought that, um, that it was a really good cross section of all seven seasons. It was really neat. Yeah. And part of it was not just, you know, saying, Ooh, that's cool. You chose this character, but also the actual TNG episode that you chose you know, because like I said, there's 179 episodes to choose from and we didn't duplicate at all. That was pretty cool. Um, but to, you know, hear the rationale and the reasoning as to I chose this episode and I love Pierre, like how you're, you know, who would fit in and you sort of focused on the main story plot and then swapped out those characters. That was that was really cool. And Rhea, I like your idea. I didn't even think about sticking like one crew replaces the other. And I, again, if we do that, I might um, look at that because I thought <laughs> that was interesting to be a little more focused with that. So, hey, there's no rules exactly. here. Anything goes. Blame it on a transporter. So listeners, <laughs> yeah. Listeners, we'd love to hear uh, any picks that you might have to mismatch and get some characters in and what episodes you think would be good to swap out. Well, it's been so much fun mixing and matching TNG episodes today, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here is what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Literary Treks. Not wanting to be spoiled about this book, I would suggest then not listening now, read the book and then come back later. And then you can enjoy the whole freaking feature of this glorious analysis that we're going to give this. I shot JR. Sorry, I, I thought we were getting into spoilers. My my bad. <laughs> I don't know. I just like woke up from a dream. I was in the shower. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> the orb. But if you think about the fact that Cisco is with the Prophets at this time, and Section 31 is going to try to kill the Prophets, maybe that's a way for Cisco to re-enter the story and play his role in representing the Prophets to overturn what Section 31 is trying to do and to champion that idea of Druidic and, and end the season with that message that religion is fine for those who want to believe it, and it's also fine for you not to believe it. Earl Grey. One of my notes I made on this episode is that Riker is a cosplayer. He likes to put on the native costumes of the planets he goes to. Yes. Ewan, I have started making a, a Riker Angel 1 cosplay. <laughs> Ewan, Ewan wants it for SLB. So. Nice. Yes! That was one of my notes as well, was Riker's left nipple. Doesn't leave much to the imagination, but yeah. To the journey! Quick snap poll. Suzanne, would you prefer Neelix yes. to cook for you or Chell? Chell. Chell? Zach, Neelix or Chell? 
Neelix. Oh. <laughs> oh. I see Leola root in your future. <laughs> Lots of it. Oh, yeah. Give me those exotic ingredients. Yes. Chell is my man. I mean, you can have... With Chell, you can get, like, all those puns food items that he made. <laughs> exactly, it would be like Bob's Burgers in space. <laughs> wow. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop Apple Podcasts app to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published. And please leave us a star rating and written review that helps others to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, and most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference. That's our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it will come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us, or at least to one of us, and we might read your email on the show. You can also find the network on Twitter and Instagram at trek.fm, and on Facebook at facebook.com trek.fm. So, Pierre, where can people contact you when you're not bringing people together throughout time and space? Um, well, I'm always on the Babel Conference, um, so you can always find me there. Um, and then also my Twitter is at PierreLaRocco21. And Amy, where can people contact you when you are not trying to find ways to kill Bolana Torres' beloved? Oh, <laughs> well, you can find me over on United Federation Podcast Network, where I host a show called All Good Things with Patrick Devlin. Uh, having a good time over there. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, and you can find me in the Babel Conference, of course. Andrea, where can people reach you when you're not trying to find a place for Uhura in every iteration of Star Trek? <laughs> well, since I am a social media pack led, you can find me on the bike trails of Lincoln, Nebraska. You can also find me on the Babel Conference, where I love chiming in on what everyone else is saying. Um, otherwise, social media-wise, that's about it. I love how whenever anyone says, this is the worst episode, and you're always jumping in, uh, that's how <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is true, yes. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you, be you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-e-r-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special Patreon's website, Patron Zone. 
It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers. Norman Lau, Michael Huter, Thomas Appel, Chris Trebuzio, Jim McMahon, Justin Ozer, and Joe Keegan. Who's that? Thank you for supporting Trek FM and especially Earl Grey. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. I am attempting to fill a silent moment with non-relevant conversation. Energize. Great joy and gratitude.